Welcome, everybody, to Off the Cuff. I am Adam Banks. Thank you for listening to the show. It's been a while since I've been in the studio by myself because we have been doing the March Madness series podcasts, and that's always fun. So I always enjoy doing those with my professional sports panel. But, you know, March Madness is over. College basketball season is over. And it's now kind of back to normal. We're kind of back to the normal swing of things here on the show. Uh, When college basketball ends, it's always very sad for me because that's my favorite sport. It's definitely the most entertaining to me. But I think what's after college basketball, and it's the NBA. It's the NBA playoffs. It's actually the most exciting time to watch the NBA. I know some people who don't even turn on an NBA game until the playoffs. And... You know, that's that could go with really any sport. Some people don't turn on college basketball until March Madness. Some people don't turn on baseball until the World Series. But the NBA playoffs come at the perfect time because it gives you that relapse of getting over college basketball ending. Now, I do do the NBA series. Uh, I do do a, a few episodes discussing the NBA playoffs. So keep on the lookout for that. Some personal information. There is a lot of things brewing for me and this show here on Off the Cuff. I do not want to tell you the name of the station yet, but I do want to kind of let you guys in on the loop of what's going on. Uh, As you know, I've been trying to get Off the Cuff on the air, on an actual radio station, from the early beginnings. This show started as a podcast. It's done weekly. And I do the show from a small studio here in Lexington, Kentucky, but it's not on the radio. The only way you can listen to this show is through iTunes, through YouTube. There's several ways to listen, but there's still just something about having your show on the radio. And that's what I've been trying to do. I've been trying to get someone to pick this show up. Well, I might have found an interested client, I guess you could say, who is interested in picking up off the cuff. So I talked to the program director of the radio station, and he, I reached out to him and told him about Off the Cuff, told him about the premise of the show, told him it was about current events, pop culture, sports. Uh, I told him I had featured interviews with uh, several UK basketball players, football players, media members, Hollywood actors, and he loved the idea of the show. He loved the whole concept of it. And he really thought that a show like Off the Cuff could be successful on the radio. So he, I got his attention, and he loved that. So what he wanted me to do was he wanted me to put together a couple episodes, put it on a SoundCloud page, and send it to him. So that's what I did, and he said he would be back to me. He would get back with me. I sent that on Saturday morning, and I'm recording this podcast here on Sunday morning. So it's been 24 hours since I've sent it to him, and yes, I have been waiting by my computer, waiting by my email just to see what he has said back. So hopefully something comes out of it. I really hope something magical can form from this from this podcast. Now, wouldn't that be something if this show actually made it on the air? And it's just so gratifying to know that you started something with such a simple idea and you started something with such simplicity and just to watch it grow it's it's really fascinating and it's inspiring and again there would be no show without the listeners so thank you dedicated listeners for listening you know if this show makes it on the radio this is you guys are the ones to get 
almost most of the credit because you are the ones that keep me wanting to keep doing this. If I got on the analytics of this show and I saw that no one was listening, why would I be motivated to do it? So really, I want to thank you, and I'll let you guys know what comes up of it. Hopefully, if we do get this on the air, uh, we're going to be looking at possibly just doing a weekly show uh, once a week because this podcast is once a week, and we haven't decided if we're going to record the studio or record the show and then just put it on the air or actually do live broadcasting. It just depends. We'll see. Just wanted to keep you guys in on the loop. A lot has been happening here in the world since we last talked here on the podcast. A lot of disturbing things have happened. Have you guys heard about the NKU student who faked having cancer? That's right. You did not hear me stutter on that. She pretended to have cancer to scam people out of money. This happened at Northern Kentucky University, and it's actually an ongoing investigation. Here is the story. Uh, There is a 20-year-old girl named Kelly Shamal, and she is from the sorority Delta Zeta at NKU. And a lot of her classmates and sorority sisters rallied around this young girl because she claimed to have a battle against stage 3 gastrointestinal cancer. So, But now police are saying that they believe that she never even had it, that it was just a classic put together to raise money, to scam people out of money. But she was tricking everybody into thinking that they were helping her raise money for her medical bills. Uh, to promote this event, this girl, this Kelly, this Kelly Schmall, Schmall, whatever her name is, S-C-H-M-A-H-L, Schmall. Kelly Schmall wrote, I have never been one to ask for much, especially when it comes to money and material things, but when I was diagnosed last September, financial support from those around me has become pivotal in my battle. Police are alleging that she fooled people out of thousands of dollars. And they also are saying that Kelly Schmall deceived her roommate and caregiver into believing she had cancer. So she was tricking several people. This is disgusting. It makes me sick to my stomach to think someone could be so low and have such low morals and low ethics and be that type of person to go out there and fake a disease like cancer. There is nothing to this girl if she is that low. Either one of two things. One, she's got a mental problem. Or two, she's just a sick person in the head. And I'm not saying sick physically with cancer. She is sick in the head. Anyone who would pretend that they had a disease such as cancer, there's no room for people like that in society. And that girl, Kelly, for her to go out and prey on people who would give up the last dollar in their wallet to help out a cancer patient. A girl like Kelly is just a threat to society, I feel like. She's not murdering people, but she's kidnapping from people, or she's, I'm sorry, she's stealing from people. She's taking their belongings. She's lying to people. She's spitting in the face of every cancer patient that's ever came through in this life. 
you know, if we lived in a eye for an eye society, I could see a her punishment being having to go through several treatments of chemo, surgery, have things removed on her body that she never thought could be removed. For instance, her breasts. People with bre- women with breast cancer who have to have their breasts removed. Do you think that they found this funny? These people who've lost their parents and lost their loved ones and lost their siblings and lost their significant others to cancer. Brain cancer, colon cancer, lung cancer. Those people have been spit on. They they have been disrespected and this girl has really crossed the line. Apparently this has went on from June 2016 until recently, March 2017. It has come out that her caregiver and others provided her with at least $7,500 to help with her illness. Reports have come out that she used her cell phone as a forwarding service to receive and answer phone calls and text messages under the guise that healthcare workers were answering. Tracy Clancy, a cancer survivor, said in an article that she believes that it is unbelievable to think that someone could plan this. How someone could actually elaborate a plan such as this. Her sorority, Delta Zeta, wrote a big statement to everyone. They released it on their social media page and to the news that they were victims of a crime and they had no idea of the dealings with Kelly Schmall. So I'm sure where there's smoke, there is fire. If this is 100% true and this girl is faking cancer and she did trick people into giving her money, she scammed people out of her money, it's very sad. And Kelly, you need help. I mean, that's just, it really does just make us lose hope in society in some ways that someone so disgusting could do something like that. But I'm going to get off that because it just makes me mad because there's just so much other things that happen in this world that's just ridiculous and uncalled for that we're going to have people fake cancer now. Come on. Come on. But that happened in Northern Kentucky University in Highland Heights. So it is a local story. But to even get more local here in Lexington where we do the show, Lexington is not the safest place to live, folks. It's a beautiful place. It's very, very scenic. And it's a great place to raise a family, but it's not the safest place in the world to live. And have you ever heard your parents say nothing good goes on past 10 o'clock? Well, that is true. Nothing good goes on past 10 o'clock. There has been a few robberies in Lexington happening. Specifically, a woman was robbed, was beaten and robbed at a Walmart parking lot. And it left the victim with a broken finger and a black eye. WKYT interviewed the girl, and here's what she had to say. 
Around 12.30 a.m. Wednesday, Leanne Reeves remembered the cable guys were coming in the morning, and she still needed to buy a router. So I said, I'll just run in Walmart and pick one up. Realizing it was late, Reeves says she made sure to park in the first spot near the main door that was also well lit. Reeves says when she left Walmart, she quickly got into her SUV. She says she immediately reached over to shut her door, but before she could, she felt someone's arms reaching in and pulling her out of the car. A man, I did not get a good look at him, but he started punching me. And in my mind right then, I said, you have got to fight. At that point, Reeves began to yell. That's when a good Samaritan started heading towards her. And when they saw that he was coming, they said, let's go. And as the suspects took off with her Walmart bag and what was described as a light-colored Dodge Charger. One of the Good Samaritans followed them and was able to get a license plate number. Reeves credits these strangers with saving her life. If there would have been another blow, that could have been the blow that knocked me out. Um, it could have killed me. Two hours later, police stopped a Dodge Charger with a matching license plate. Four people were questioned. At this time, one person, 23-year-old Derek Green, has been charged. Reeves has a swollen black eye, a broken finger, and bruises covering her body. Okay, so that's pretty much the story. So, Lexington's not a safe place. This happens at a lot of places, not just Lexington, but for people to think that the the perception of Lexington is just this safe place, friendly, leave your door unlocked at night type of city, it's not. The crime rate in Lexington, it has went up, I feel like, since from the moment I've moved here. I moved here in 2012, and every time I turn on the news, every time I turn on the news, there is some type of horrific crime, whether it's a drive-by shooting of, you know, like the, the little girl who passed away, uh, who was shot in late 2016, Trinity Gay. And I've heard stories of pizza delivery men getting pulled into the doors when they're delivering pizza to other people's houses and getting murdered. So there's just these these crimes, and they're not just crimes, but they're horrific crimes. So be careful. My message to you out there listening, if you are in Lexington, if you live in Lexington or coming to Lexington, be careful. Be safe. Try to have someone with you at all times. Don't don't walk in a Walmart parking lot or a dark parking lot by yourself at night. And if you don't have a reason to be out past 10 o'clock at night, and it's not a really a good reason, don't go. And if you are going, make sure it's a place that's well lit and where you're around a lot of people. Because so much crazy things have happened. And this victim, who was a victim and in the Walmart parking lot, it could have ended very badly for her. Okay, so I want to discuss something else here. It's about my former college, my alma mater, Moorhead State University. Hired a new basketball coach. Preston Spradlin is his name. Comes from the John Calipari coaching tree. He worked under Coach Cal as some type of marketing coordinator or a director of basketball operations. He wasn't really on the floor coaching, but he does come from his staff. Preston left Kentucky and then went and coached under Sean Woods as an assistant at the beginning of the 2014 season and then was thrust into an interim head coaching position after Sean Woods was fired after speculation and 
controversy with hitting players. I think this is a bad hire. I do not think that this guy was the right job to coach Moorhead State. Now, people are going to give me backlash for this. People are going to say that I'm being ridiculous. People are going to say that I need to give this guy a chance. No, I don't need to give this guy a chance because Coach Spradlin is not a guy who earned this job like President Andrews of Moorhead State University said. He said that Coach Spradlin earned this job because of his duties and the way he handled things while Sean Woods was absent from the program and the way he handled things as the interim head coach. Um, Sean Woods, when he was fired, the team really could have spun out of control, yes. And Preston did keep things intact. He did um, finish with a 14-16 overall record, 10-6 in the OVC conference, and uh, he finished second in the East. It's not bad. Very good. Job well done, Preston. I think that's great. But when we are really looking at the nitty-gritty of can you coach as a head coach at Moorhead State University, no, you can't. And I'm so disappointed in this hire because Moorhead State was on the rise of becoming a big basketball program in this state. With Kenneth Fareed uh, being a famous alum from Moorhead State, bringing Moorhead State basketball, putting it on the map, uh, having names like Donnie Tyndall and Sean Woods and Kyle Macy coaching at Moorhead State. We go from those names and you know players like Kenneth Faree to having a coach like Preston Spradlin. And the reason I'm so down on this coach is because of his lack of coaching experience. Yes, he coached under Sean Woods as a assistant coach, but are we really going to just throw him in as the head coach at Moorhead State now? Moorhead State has an opportunity to be a big basketball school, to be a school like Butler, to be a school like Xavier, to be a school like Boise State. They have that potential. Yes, they're in a small conference, but did that stop Wichita State from becoming now a program that everybody talks about, a program that everybody worries about playing? Can Moorhead State not get a good basketball coach? What about these small schools that do get these basketball, that do get these great basketball coaches? And uh, what's the guy's name in uh, Manhattan who coach, who used to coach under Rick Pitino who played for Kentucky? I can't think of his name. But then you got Donnie Tyndall who went on to coach the University of Tennessee. He started out at Moorhead State. You know, what about Oklahoma State coach Travis Ford, who used to coach at EKU, another small school? Moorhead State has the potential to hire a good coach to take the Eagles to a March Madness bid every single year. And I think they messed up with Preston Spradlin, mainly because of who he is and where he came from. Now, let me elaborate on that. He came from... Alice Lloyd College in Knott County. Nobody knows that county like I do. Trust me. I lived there for 18 years. That's where I'm from. Alice Lloyd College was in my backyard, about 15 minutes away from my house. I know that school. I know that college. They have about four or 500 students enrolled. Uh, it's a private school. They Their basketball team is not even in Division One. It's a very weak basketball program. 
And my point is that Preston had no time to make connections while being a player. He never played against the best athletes in the world. He never was uh, being coached by some of the best coaches in the world. He never really did have that connection. He coached under Sean Woods for about two years before taking on this job. That's not enough. That's not enough coaching experience. That's not enough uh, time for him to get to know people out there in the recruiting world. When he worked under John Calipari, he wasn't doing anything that could get him connected to different recruits. He wasn't making connections with people out there on the recruiting trail. That wasn't part of Preston's job under Coach Cal. So his recruiting, it's going to be very surprising of if he gets good recruits because who's going to go and play for Preston Spradlin? He's going to be a hard name to sell. He's really going to have to sell purely Moorhead State and the potential that you have as a player to come there. He cannot sell himself as a coach. John Calipari... He doesn't just have to sell UK. He can sell himself. You want to? You don't want to come play for UK? Okay, come play for me. Rick Pitino, he can sell himself. Tom Izzo can sell himself. Preston Spradlin selling himself? No, it's not going to happen. Because he has no name recognition. No history with getting big-time players. So it was just disappointing. I thought Moorhead State was on the rise of becoming a school where people were going to know who they were. There is no better way to getting the name of your school out there than by using the athletics platform. When If a basketball team from a small school goes to March Madness, the whole world knows about it for about a month. And because of all the exposure and all the media attention that you get, your school really benefits from that. When Moorhead State was in this tournament in 2011 and 2009, Back when I was a student there under Donnie Tindall and uh, player Kenneth Fareed, people knew who Moorhead State was because of the March Madness bids that we got. And I thought Moorhead State was really and truly trying to do something by keeping that going when they hired Sean Woods. I, I didn't really, I wasn't too thrilled about that hire when I first heard about it either of Coach Woods because of his. Uh, you know, I knew that he was a great player, but I didn't really know how he was as a coach. But then I kind of, I kind of adapted to that because of his name recognition. He is somebody who could say, "Yes, I'm Sean Woods. I played for Rick Pitino. I played for UK back in the glory days of the early '90s." He did have that going for him, and he could use that to his advantage while recruiting. So. I just am very disappointed with the hire. I think that Moorhead State could have went after someone a little bit better. They could have had a national search. They said they were having a national search. How did you have a national search of all the available basketball coaches out there and you actually end up with the one that's your interim coach? You end up with the guy who played basketball in Knott County, Kentucky, the guy who coached as an assistant for only two years. How do you end up with that guy as your basketball coach? If you have a national basketball search, did you really do any searching? What kind of a committee did Brian Hutchinson put together at Moorhead State, the athletic director? Now, I don't know Brian. I've never worked with Brian. I never have 
really talk to Brian Hutchinson. But this athletic director, I think, took the easy way out. I think he offered the job to someone who he knew he would who he knew would say yes. And I think he's just taking a risk. And I think it's a risk that is going to put the program back a couple steps. So it is what it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening to the show. I am Adam Banks. This has been another episode of Off the Cuff. We will see you in the next episode.